Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of It's a Definite Maybe, a podcast for those of you who are just trying to figure it all out with your co-hosts, as always, Stella and Rosie. In today's episode, we're talking about love languages. We'll talk about what our love languages are, can love languages change over time, and some of the ways that you can express and meet different love languages. So Rosie and listeners, I have some news. Ooh, I'm excited. My news is I have recently started therapy. Yay! If I was Yay. a radio host, I would play like a cheers or like a little clapping or something <laughs> or like We're not that technologically advanced. So you guys can just make those sound effects in your heads and pretend like we've put them in. Yay! Yay! <laughs> so One of the things that my therapist has recently asked me is what my love languages are or what my love language is, which got us thinking about love languages. So for those of you who don't know what love languages are or maybe don't know what your love language is, we'll make sure to put the main love language test in the show notes so you can go on over there and take that test and find out what your love language is. But... Basically, there are five key love languages. There's quality time, words of affirmation, physical touch, acts of service, and receiving gifts. That's the gist of it. And people aren't necessarily just one of those things or may not have just one love language. You may have a combination. I think usually your test results are given to you in percentages of what proportions of each of those five you sit in based on the questions that you had answered. Yeah, I, uh, I actually redid it today, the day that we're recording, because I couldn't remember the last time I did it. Turns out it was just before my boyfriend and I started dating. I, I looked at the email, it was literally 10 days before we made it a fish. So that was almost three years ago, which wow. is ridiculous. And I redid it today and it broke it down into percentages, which is good fun. And obviously no one else can see this, but I took a little screenshot of it for myself. So good times. <laughs> yeah. So what I find really interesting is having a look at your results before you started dating your boyfriend and then two and a half years into your relationship, your love languages have slightly changed. They have, which is interesting because I had I never really thought about them changing and I think there's Mm. a lot of different factors it's for me it's growth with therapy it's probably Mm. now living with my boyfriend it's probably going through big life events like COVID and family weddings and traveling Mm. together and what mine my top two which were equally shared which is interesting because I've pretty much got the same again almost equal share Mm -hmm. between two in 2019 it was physical touch and words of affirmation and I don't know why I remember this but when I was doing it I sounds silly but I didn't want to be judged so I thought oh I'm gonna answer as (laughs) as well as I can to make me look like a good person that's selfless and kind to others and don't care about materialistic goods and this time around I made sure to try and answer it very honestly turns out I really enjoy gifts but the interesting thing Mm. is is that that's my bottom percentage so my top two for this time around were quality time and words of affirmation so Mm. words of affirmation have stayed the same but I've now replaced physical touch with quality time and I I feel like that's a big thing that's come from living together with my partner Mm. and that's been a really big impact or influential force. So in terms of living with your partner and the impact that that had on your love languages, is that because your needs for physical touch are more able to be met 
now? Oh or my God, is I that- didn't think of that. Yeah, because this is what I find really interesting when it comes to love languages changing over time. What are the factors that cause those love languages to change over time? Because in my head, and this is what I've observed from past experience, love languages that may not have rated as highly previously that aren't being met at some point in your life, you would then rate higher because you feel the absence of those particular Mm. things more. 100%. And I it's it's interesting though because you would think after living together through two years of COVID, six lockdowns, blah blah blah, that quality time wouldn't need to be my number one. It's it's my score is twenty nine percent. That's pretty high for a love language, and it's still my highest, or I guess it is my highest now because times have changed. But we spend so much time together. We work from home together. We hang out on the weekends together. We see our friends together, and yet it's still something I crave so much. It's just fascinating. Well, my top two love languages, and I don't have my percentages in front of me, but I remember these so vividly. And even to this day, this has not (laughs) changed. Maybe my other, my number three to number five have sort of adjusted in preference. So I actually will retake this quiz to just see what things have shifted over time. But my top two are words of affirmation and physical touch, which is so in line with who I am as a person and what is important to me generally. But what I also find really interesting is those love languages translate to areas other than just friendships and relationships for me. They also translate to work environments, for example. Not so much the physical touch I was going to say. Yeah, let's let's just not. not, Yeah, that one, We won't make it weird. But words of affirmation, I need a lot of validation and praise and... I get a lot of benefit out of chatting with people and having contact with clients or with my colleagues or whoever it may be. And maybe actually physical touch in this case is more so proximity to people. That's true. And being physically in the same space as people, not so much the actual physical touching component. Or maybe I'm just reading too much (laughs) into that one. But for me, my top two love languages definitely make a lot of sense. And I don't think they've really changed over time. That's really interesting. I wasn't expecting much change. Now I'm just going to spend the next three hours of my life thinking why have they changed and navigate the last two and a half years of life. But that's fine. That's my black hole to dive into. Well, maybe it's something to bring up in therapy. Why do love maybe. languages change over time? Is that Great a question. bad thing? Is it identifying a need that's not being met that you need to strive for? To be honest, I think it would probably be different for other people generally, but based on my observations and my past experience, I have had interactions with people in the past and have seen the impact of their changing love languages in how they interact with people. Well, yeah, I think it's it's interesting to see how can it be affected by different people as well. I'm trying to think back to all of the old partners or crushes or flings or boyfriends that I've had in the past and just thinking if I've acted certain ways or I've craved certain things from people that's kind of been indicative of my love languages. And I think words of affirmation has just never changed. I've always been insecure with needing praise or needing reassurance being told over and over again quite obviously or just straight to my face hey I love you it's fine no I don't want to break up with you just because I was asleep and didn't respond to your text and that's a that's a whole other thing we've dealt with that in therapy we're dealing we're dealing with the the neediness and the insecurities it's fine we're a better person 
but that's always been something that's been the same and I think I guess the physical touch changing I think you're right I think that my partner and I live together I don't have to crave as much I guess being reunited and being able to sleep in the same bed together or holding hands when we walk to dinner because I get hugs all the time during the day because we live together or little kisses here and there or I mean we, we live together we share a bed it's you know every night we are together not oh my mom's listening to this we're not hanky panky don't worry we're safe it's fine. Um, I'm diving into a hole, so I'm just going to stop talking. But basically, yes, I think my need for physical touch has changed because of that proximity. Oh, my God. So I have just had a look through my email because I was really intrigued as to <laughs> what my results have been. And it turns out I've actually taken this quiz multiple times. So most recently when I took it in 2019... My results were words of affirmation first, physical touch second, but basically neck and neck, mm. acts of service, quality time, and then receiving gifts. However, I looked back at past results. The previous time that I had done them, the love language quiz, mm. my interestingly, very, very interestingly, and I don't know how this has shifted so much, my results in 2018 were acts of service number oh. one. Quality time, number two. Words of affirmation, number three. Receiving gifts, number four. And physical touch, number five, which is just beyond fascinating to me. And then I think the very first time that I've done this, because they have a single and a relationship version Mm -hmm, that you mm -hmm. can do. And depending on your life stage, you choose whichever one feels most relevant to you. So the very first time that I ever did this in 2017, I got words of affirmation first, which makes a lot of sense, (laughs) acts of service second, receiving gifts as third, quality time as fourth, and physical touch as fifth. So I find it, I would really honestly need to do some digging into that and chat to my therapist and figure out why things have changed so drastically, particularly with physical touch being so much more important to me now than it was originally when I took this quiz. And acts of service being less so as well. That's very interesting. A lot to unpack there. A lot to unpack. So you and I are obviously very akin. I don't even know if that's the right word. This happens every freaking episode. I forget words. (laughs) We're very in tune with love languages and what we Mm -hmm. need and how to get that. But if you were approaching someone, a partner, a friend, a new friend, a family member that doesn't necessarily believe in love languages or doesn't understand them, but you're trying to get them to reciprocate your needs, whether that's physical touch or words of affirmation, Mm. you need a little bit more of whatever that is how would you approach that education lens or conversation yeah I think ultimately for me it would come down to this is to help us understand each other better and to understand what we need in any given situation and what the other person needs because the idea of a love language is that is how you appreciate being loved rather than necessarily how you give love so if for example your partner has a different love language to you or a different primary love language or combination of primary love languages you just need to be more conscious of that and make sure that you're doing what you can to still ensure that their needs in that sense are being met as opposed to defaulting to how you like to be loved when that might not actually be that important to your partner. For example, 
if acts of service is one of your primary love languages, you may really appreciate if your partner helps you out with the grocery shopping and takes initiative and takes that off your plate. Whereas your partner, that may not be as important to them. Their love language may be receiving gifts, in which case they appreciate if you get them a little something that shows that you're thinking about them. Oh, it's so it's actually so interesting because that is the exact problem that my boyfriend and I face. I I get stuck in such a way of what do you mean this isn't helping? It would help me, so why is it not helping you? And I fall into that trap far too often mm. of just thinking about my love languages or the way that I would want to be comforted when I'm not having a good day or a good time and then forget that he copes with things in a different way or needs different things. Mm. And so it's not a solution and a present and a plate of cake. It's someone to be reassuring and someone Mm. to be there and actively listen and respond and take the time to have the conversation, which is all about words of affirmation and quality time. And it's, I think, the sign of a really healthy relationship, whether it's platonic or romantic or professional, that you need to be able to respect and empathize and take a step back and be like, okay, it's fine if they don't respond the same way that Mm. I would. Don't take offense to that. Take the time to learn and adapt. And then that's going to really strengthen whatever relationship that is. And to be honest, it helps you to have a better relationship or friendship or whatever interaction you're having with people if you understand what their needs are and if they can communicate their needs to you. Totally. Because otherwise, if you aren't able to communicate your needs to each other, how do you expect them to be met? There's this age-old idea that your partner is supposed to be psychic and they're just supposed to know <laughs> what you need at any given time. Oh, my poor but boyfriend. That's not realistic. <laughs> you need to ask for what you need and communicate how you're feeling. Because even if your partner knows you like the back of their hand, there's still things that you'll need to tell them realistically. Yeah, I realize now that if I want something or I, I literally just have to ask, turns out it's that easy. It really is, yeah. folks. Who knew? I, I struggle asking for help and I'm a stubborn person. I just want everything magically solved or done for me or, like you said, someone to be psychic. But, yeah, it turns out if you just say, hey, can you please help me with the dishes? Or, hey, it would be really nice if you could buy me a bouquet of flowers or do, flip it in reverse. Um, and now I've got that song, something, flip it and reverse it. I'm a mess today. I'm so sorry, listeners. Um, But yeah, flip it and then (laughs) go to your partner and sometimes you can just ask them, be like, hey, what do you need? And open that line of communication. Well, yeah. Ask your partner, what do you need more from me of? More of from me? More of from me. (laughs) That's a lot of words that I think make sense together. Yeah. Get used to asking for what you need and communicating that and having your partner communicate that as well because ultimately that's how you ensure that those needs get met. I mean, there's obviously a lot of good to understanding love languages, reciprocating your partners or your friends or colleagues. Do you think there's a a negative side or I guess a dangerous side to love languages? So very interestingly, I saw a TikTok that had one of those we love that for our source of information oh yeah but this one was really interesting because they were talking about dangerous love languages Mm. and we'll link the video as well in the show notes for anyone who wants to go watch it but the gist is if your partner has acts of service as their love language 
that doesn't necessarily need to be reciprocated immediately in order for them to feel like that is being fulfilled or that need has been met. And same for receiving gifts. If you give your partner a gift, you don't expect a gift in return straight away Mm -hmm. in order to acknowledge that that need has been met. And for acts of service, you wouldn't, if your partner did the dishes, you wouldn't expect that you had to immediately go and take out the bins in order to ensure that your partner had that need met. Yeah, it shouldn't be conditional. Like just because they've taken out the bins means, oh, well, I now have to do this thing because otherwise I feel guilty. Exactly. So maybe I'm just not remembering correctly, but that was my interpretation of what it was. However, the dangerous love languages are physical touch and words of affirmation because those do need to be reciprocated immediately in order to maintain that sense of connection. Think of it this way. If you tell your partner, I love you, and they don't say anything back. Thanks. Or they say, thank you. (laughs) Okay, that's nice. That feels terrible and when you're expressing your affection for someone it doesn't feel that great if they don't reciprocate that same for physical touch if you go to give your partner a hug and they pull away from you that's really really wounding oh yeah and you immediately get hurt from that so it's one of those things where if your partner does have a physical touch or words of affirmation love language You just need to be conscious when your partner is reaching out to you to get that validation physically or verbally, you need to be able to reciprocate that. And if you can't reciprocate that, it's something like, I love you too, I'm in a bit of a shitty mood, but I just need a bit of time and space. Communicate with your words so that they know that it's nothing to do with them, you're just in a bit of a shitty mood and you just need a bit of time and space. Easy as that. I mean, easier said than done oh, in a always. lot of cases. <laughs> I'm terrible at this. Just like reflecting how many times I'm like, just like not the perfect girlfriend. It's like, you know what? We're growing. We're working. It's fine. We're doing our best. So also taking a step back as well, what are some ways that you can think of for the different love languages that you could potentially meet your partner's needs? So for example, if your partner's love language is quality time, what springs to mind to address that need for them? Plan a weekend away, plan a, mm-hmm. plan a date night, uh, plan time where you're not distracted by phones. That's a massive one, yeah. And I mean, I get really lucky with quality time because we we live together. But if I'm just thinking back to when we were living separately, we would make sure that we found any moment we could, whether it was a phone call on a weekend together or it was even just meeting up for coffee before we went to the office, if that was the only time we had. It was making the effort and having, I know this sounds silly, but planned time. And I know that that goes, it can be really extended to long distance relationships is have something to look forward to that can be just the two of you. Mm. Again, whether it's a friend or it's a colleague and you set time apart to have lunch together. Uh, Or if it is a partner and it's like, okay, we're going to do Saturday night, just us. We're going to do drinks, dinner, a movie, whatever it is. Absolutely. Love that. Words of affirmation is pretty straightforward. Physical touch, also pretty straightforward. However, that doesn't necessarily have to be sexual with your partner. It could just be something like holding your partner's hand. Or their butt. Yeah, or (laughs) giving them a a good old tap on the booty. A squeeze. Or 
giving them a hug mm-hmm. or any sort of physical contact that shows them that you are thinking about them yeah. and you love them. What about acts of service? Yeah, acts of service, I would think, is also generally a pretty straightforward one. It's doing things like taking the bins out or doing the dishes or doing the cooking or generally things where someone has to do that thing themselves Mm -hmm. and you taking that off their plate means that they don't have to do that anymore. So there could be any number of other things. Yeah, if you don't live together, acts of service could be something like, hey, I know you were really stressed about this particular thing, so... Don't worry, I've taken care of that for you. Could be ordering them dinner. Does is that two and one act of service and receiving a gift? You have I food mean, delivered. I guess so. Yeah, two and one, double whammy. We love. I just thought of another acts of service as well. It could be helping someone move house, Ooh. or it could be donating a bunch of clothes to an op shop for them because they don't have time to go, or any number of things that are doing that person a favour and even taking something off workload. their plate. Like, I'm thinking of yeah. an office situation where someone doesn't have the time and you're like, I'll do this project for you. Yeah, just helping someone out with a task that they would otherwise have to do and mm-hmm. might be stressed about if it doesn't get done. <laughs> um, I feel like the last one is pretty obvious, receiving gifts. Yeah. It, it's in the title. And if you don't get it, yeah. we're going to have to work on that. Well, this is one of those things as well where, depending on the person, the gift doesn't even need to be expensive. It can just be something small and meaningful that shows them that you were thinking of them in that moment. It could be a coffee. Yeah, it could be a coffee. It could be picking up their favourite snack from the supermarket Mm -hmm. when you go grocery shopping. It could be making them a card or really anything that's a tangible thing that you can give someone yeah basically i feel like even those those smaller ones even go the further distance like i love it when someone buys me coffee i'm like wow 100 percent. i know it was only three 350 but that was great that's just made my day totally agree those thoughtful gifts make such a huge difference compared to big flashy expensive things i don't know if it's just me but to be honest i kind of feel awkward or uncomfortable if I know that someone has spent a lot of money on me Mm. whereas if someone has made something and put a lot of time and care into something that is really meaningful to me or is a callback to something that we spoke about months ago or something like that that's so much more meaningful to me than an expensive gift that may not have had as much thought in it oh yes I mean it has a lot of meaning behind it is the best kind of gift and that can be handmade and free And I will always, you're always just going to cherish those and have such a strong association or a memory with tied in. Exactly. So there's no excuses. If you don't have a lot of money, that doesn't mean that you can't give gifts. It just means that you need to get a bit more creative with the gifts that you are giving. Look to DIY TikTok and Pinterest. You'll be fine. Well, this was a very wholesome episode, I think, still. (laughs) Good times. And... I think that is all we have time for, ladies, gents, and days and thems. So thank you, as always, for listening. We love having you guys along every week. Make sure you check us out on socials. Everything will be in the show notes, and we can continue the conversation there. And also, we have an email address. So if you don't want to DM us, you can shoot us an email if you want to chat about anything or if you want any questions answered or any topics covered. 
Yeah, and as always, remember to rate, review and subscribe wherever you're listening to us right now. Send this episode along to a friend or a partner. If there's maybe someone who you haven't figured out each other's love language with yet and it's a conversation that you want to initiate, send this over to them to give them a bit of information about what love languages actually are. Otherwise, as always, we are excited to take you along with us as we talk through the areas of life that might not always have a one-size-fits-all approach on It's a Definite Maybe. We'll see you next week. Bye.